Here we go. It's April the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and you're listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday. And it's an opportunity for you to listen a little bit more about the book of Proverbs written by Solomon under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 23 today, beginning with verse 15. And the title of this section, one could say, is Advice from Your Father. Now, we're not only talking about Solomon as father talking to his sons, but also God the Father talking to us as his children. It's where you really do need a pastor to understand verse 15, because I'm going to read the original, and we'll see if you understand it. My son, if your kidneys are wise, my kidneys too will rejoice. What? What is he talking about? My son, if your kidneys are wise, my kidneys too will be rejoicing. Well, in Solomon's day, kidneys were the place that people would talk about of having full joy. When you were really happy about something, it was good for your kidneys. Today, the translation would be, my son, if your heart is wise, my heart also will rejoice. In other words, we use the word heart today. For example, somebody may ask, what do you think of your wife? And you'll say, well, I love her with all my heart. And you're using the word heart there as a metaphor about great joy. In Solomon's day, it was the word kidneys. And and so that's why you do need a pastor at times to help you to understand what is meant by the culture of the day in which Solomon is speaking. And what is he saying? Son, if your heart is wise, and here we have the word wise, which of course comes from the word wisdom. All of Proverbs, when it talks about wisdom, is talking about information from none other than Jesus Christ himself. And in other words, If your heart is wise, which means you trust in God as your Redeemer and your Savior, then guess what? You also will be rejoicing as a father. In fact, verse 16 kind of, well, expands on that. My inmost being will celebrate. And the inmost being, of course, in that culture was the kidneys. When will 
the inmost being of the Father, celebrate. When your lips speak what is right. Now, this is so important in the book of Proverbs that God rejoices not when you do good works for him on your own power because all your good works fail. They do not meet the requirements of God because the requirements of God include not only an outward deed, but also the proper motivation. And the proper motivation is when your heart is wise and you're doing what is proper for God. Now, up to this point, you might think that this is just good sense that when your heart is wise or obedient to your father, then your father will be glad also. And especially when your lips speak what is right, your inmost being will celebrate. But then this becomes Christianized in verse 17. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Now, it is true that even for an unbeliever, he should not envy sinners. Why? Because when you envy those who are disobedient towards God, well, guess what? You may want to do what they are doing. You may want to get what they have. And that's why you're envious of sinners. But continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Now, what does that mean? Well, I was watching a movie recently and two young boys were at the dinner table and the one boy, his brother, called the other brother stupid. And the father said, do not refer to your brother as stupid. And of course he stopped saying that. Why? Because he had a fear of the father. It didn't mean that he was afraid of the father. It meant that he knew that the father could give him a consequence if he continued to refer to his brother as stupid. And that's what is meant by fearing the Lord. We are not afraid of God, but we have fear of him knowing he could punish us or give us negative consequences to our sins. And so when we continue with that kind of attitude, then we have a different view. We do not envy sinners because when we envy a sinner, we're really wanting what they have. And that would mean that we would have to be disobedient against the will of God. And we will not do that because of our fear of the Lord. Now, some people refer to fear as, well, honoring God. There's no doubt about that. 
that that fear does lead us to honor God. And to honor God means we glorify him. We obey him. We desire to do what his will is. Why is that? Well, verse 18 explains, surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Now, here's again where you need a pastor because the word future just doesn't mean what's going to happen next. That particular word, and here comes the big word, is eschatological. Now, what does that mean? It means that it's pointing toward the end time. Surely there is a future. The reason you don't have to be envious toward a sinner is that you have a future coming where all things will give you bliss. You will not be envious of anyone. I always have a problem in thinking what heaven is going to be like. And I've said this before. I enjoy playing ping pong, but I don't enjoy when I lose a point. And you know, in ping pong, you have to get 21 points to win. But every time the other person beats you in a point, well, you feel bad. Well, will I be able to play ping pong in heaven? Or will I feel bad every time I lose a point? Well, in heaven, you won't feel bad about anything. So it's very hard for me to understand what heaven is like. If I ever gave us a lecture, this is what heaven is like, it would be very, very short. Because you don't have anything here on earth to compare it to heaven. You may have times here on earth where you have great joy and you may feel blissful because maybe you passed a test or you got a date or you got a new house or you got a new car or your kids are really obedient. Yes, you'll feel really good. But this word for future is referring to the end time where your hope will not be cut off. And what is our hope? Our hope is to believe the assurances of Jesus Christ. And those assurances are found out in his promises. Believe in me and you will live. It's very important when you read the Bible, you make the distinction between the laws of God, which do not save you, and the promises of God, which do save you. Now, that doesn't mean you should not be obeying the laws of God. It's just that when you obey them, you have a totally different purpose. For example, every other religion in the world, you obey the laws of God or their God in order that you will be saved. Whereas in Christianity, you obey the laws of God because you are saved.
but how can you recognize that you are saved if you are still such a sinner? We say that in the liturgy. We sin by thought, word, and deed. We deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. But we are saved because God has justified us because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In his death, he paid for all of your sins. And in his resurrection, just read 1 Corinthians 15. If he's still in the grave, then he is still paying for your sins. But that the fact he has risen from the dead shows us very importantly that we have been saved. So, in verse 19, the verb is very important. It doesn't say, obey my son and be wise. It says, hear my son and be wise and direct your heart in the way. Now, that's really important to understand in the Bible, that the way of salvation is not by our obedience. It is instead by hearing the word of God and trusting it. It's what Jesus was told by the Father on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. In other words, hear him. And when we hear Jesus, we hear what the Holy Spirit wants us to believe and also to do. And therefore, hear my son and be wise. And there's that word wisdom again, which is filled throughout the book of Proverbs, referring to the wisdom of Jesus Christ given to you by the Holy Spirit. And direct your heart in the way. That means to go straight in the way. Remember, there's two ways. There's the narrow way that teaches that Jesus is our Savior. And there's the broad way where we think that by our works, we mollify God and he therefore saves us. No, God doesn't save us because of our works. He saves us because of our faith, trusting in his promises. And so advice from the Father wants us to make sure that we are with those who are also with the Father. And verse 20 talks about do not be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat now it just so happens verse 20 it says do not be among those who drink excessively and the word for drink in the hebrew is a drinking of intoxicating beverages that makes a person drunk, or among gluttonous eaters of meat. Uh, these are people 
who just eat and eat and eat and are not watching their health, not taking care of themselves because they enjoy food so much. Why are you not to be among those? Because when you are among people, you follow their example. Uh, that, that's why it's not at all unusual that children who have parents who smoke also grow up wanting to smoke and therefore smoking cigarettes. And that's the same with drinking. Uh, a father who is an alcoholic does not make for a good family. Why? Verse 21 explains why you don't want to be among drunkards or the gluttonous. It says, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. What does that mean? Well, when a person is inebriated or he overeats, he can be very lazy. He is not able to concentrate on his work and therefore he will come to poverty. Have you ever hired someone to work for you who is an alcoholic? And even among families, where one of the parents is an alcoholic, it leads to terrible consequences in the family. And they will slumber by being clothed with rags. That, that means they're not able to afford good clothes and therefore they come to poverty. That's the progress, the future for a drunkard, and a glutton. But for a believer, verse 18 says, no, there is a future. Your hope will not be cut off. So verse 22 once more gets back to listening or hearing. Listen to your father who gave you life. Now the words there in the Hebrew really mean Listen to your father who begot you. And then it says, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Now, the father is part of the one who begot you. Why isn't the mother also mentioned in, in that particular situation? Well, this was verse 22 but I want to skip down to verse 25. Let your father and mother be glad. Now that's the same as verse 15. If your heart is wise, their hearts too will be glad. And then it says, let her who bore you rejoice. So it's the same as verse 15. And it's both the Father who begot you, that's verse 22, and it's the Mother who bore you, that's verse 25. So both Father and Mother are glad, which is the same word used in verse 15, when 
your heart is wise, their heart also will be glad, as well as the heart of God the Father. Verse 23. Now this could be confusing. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Now, this is very familiar in the book of Proverbs. These four items, truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Those are all consequences of being filled with the Holy Spirit, because then you know the truth. Then you have wisdom. Then you are able to understand instruction. In fact, Jesus says something like that in John chapter 17, verse 17. He's talking to his disciples. Well, no, he's actually talking to the Father. He's talking to the Father about his disciples. Sanctify them in the truth. That means make them holy by giving them the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. What does Jesus mean that he consecrates himself? He gives himself over to us by dying for our sins on the cross in order that you may be sanctified in truth. For example, he says from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. We need forgiveness because we are unaware of what we are really doing when we sin. Every sin is a breaking of the first commandment. And therefore, we need to be sanctified. So that's why we buy truth and do not sell it. Now, how do we buy truth? That was a verse that was part of the Old Testament reading from Isaiah last week. It says, Come and buy water and milk and honey without price. There's no cost. It's free. Remember Jesus said that to the woman at the Samaritan well, that he has water and she will never be thirsty. I am the water. He also said, I am the bread of life. And we continue to have Jesus in the Lord's Supper when in, with, and under the bread, we receive his body, and in, with, and under the wine, we receive his blood. So, 
verse 24 says, the father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. That's true not only about your own parents, father and mother, greatly rejoicing if you are righteous. Righteous means you listen to them. And when you misbehave, you are sorry. And that's why they greatly rejoice. Jesus also talks about that in John 14, verse 6. He is saying to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what does he mean by that? What does it mean except through me? It doesn't mean by your obedience to God. It means by your faith in his promises. And that's why verse 7 says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is making the point that he and the Father have such a close relationship that when you believe in Jesus and know him, you also know the Father because their will is identical. Their work is not identical because the Father did not die on the cross. But Jesus did die at the request of the Father. And therefore, if you know Jesus, you know the Father. Great section, Proverbs 23. Advice from God the Father and hopefully from your human father to listen to the word of God and it will cause rejoicing in your family. Tomorrow we'll continue with another example of law and gospel. I'm Tom Baker. Join us. God bless you. Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.